In this podcast, we are doing something a little different. We are here at the Lawrence Hall of Science, where OFS is hosting a conference with the national organization Zero to Three. Zero to Three is doing a training module on neuroscience and the developing brain of children zero to five years old. Being at this conference feels a lot like being back at school. I'm in a really large lecture hall and joined by 100 educators who are here to learn about what neuroscience has to tell us about the children who are coming into our classrooms in their earliest years. Much of this information is relatively new, so there's a lot for us to learn. I hope you enjoy this special episode of Fireside Chats on the Young Mind. I am with Christy Stanton, who is one of our presenters from zero to three, and she's been with us these past two days speaking with all of us early childhood educators about brain development and neuroscience. And I wanted to start, really, Christy, by asking you, why is this kind of training important for educators particularly? Well, kind of as we've discussed today in the experience we've had together, you know, brain science really underlies every aspect of child development. And folks who are caring for children in group settings are in some ways operationalizing child development. They are putting into place oh, things that support yeah, child development, right? Wait. Did she say operationalizing child development? What a fascinating idea. And what a true idea. This is what all of us teachers are doing. In our classrooms, we are taking the infants, the toddlers, the preschoolers, and applying science and theories into practical situations. We take what we know about how children develop language, how they develop self-regulation or social skills, and we're intentionally setting up experiences to help them develop these skills. Uh, I've really enjoyed um, having a lot of names put towards the practices that I use already. This is Pam. She's one of the newest teachers to Old Firehouse School. And one of them that I learned the name for was recasting. And I really appreciated just um, learning how to not necessarily correct a child to make them feel like insecure or, or guilty for not saying something properly, but just rephrasing what they said in a casual way that they can internalize later and draw from in the future. And I really appreciated that a lot. So what Pam is talking about is that when children misspeak because they're still learning how to talk, you don't have to correct them specifically. When you are recasting, you are rephrasing what the child said in the correct way without pointing out their error. So, if your child says, I have two foots, you can say, yes, you have two feet. I really enjoy the way they broke down the pieces of brain development. This is Mona, a veteran teacher who's worked in the field over 20 years. And realizing that as I'm going into the toddler room with the youngest uh, group of uh, children, and at the same time, new parents or continuing parents who have siblings, how I would address how the children are learning at such a young age. And to represent that, I'm going to, I'm planning to take different components that I learned today, such as in executive function, break it down, 
take pictures of the children doing the certain activities to highlight and visually uh, um, visually describe describe what uh, is happening in the classroom. Executive function. That's a big word that we heard a lot during the conference. Let's get back to Christy, one of our presenters. Well, executive functioning is a, a kind of a term we use. Uh, th those are functions that are centered in the prefrontal cortex, part of the brain that is just developing capacity at the preschool age, but it's really comprised of four cognitive processes. Uh, let's see if I can list them from memory. One is inhibitory control, the ability to, to manage one's impulses or desires. The other is uh, sustained attention, being able to, to attend to a task for a period of time. The third is working memory, being able to call upon past experiences as a guide to moving one forward with some sort of plan. And then the fourth one is cognitive flexibility, the ability to, when faced with an obstacle or a change, m make a different uh, decision or think through a problem. So those are things, especially in preschool, that we see children developing uh, and also developing some consistency around because these are new experiences for them. So let me give you an example. Your three-year-old wants that tricycle that someone else is using. Remember, executive function is just starting to develop. She probably would love to just go and push the other child off the bike, but she has some inhibitory control. She will not do that because she knows she has other options. She also has some sustained attention in that she is going to keep thinking, how can I get a turn on a trike instead of just abandon this endeavor? This is the opposite of our younger children who can easily become distracted and lose their focus. She may use her working memory in order to remember. We have more trikes in the shed and she is cognitively flexible enough to decide to go find another trike, solving her initial problem. This can take place in a matter of seconds, but clearly it's a lot going on. And at this age, preschools are the perfect place for children to practice their executive function over and over again, sometimes with help, sometimes on their own. And here's another fun fact. Your prefrontal cortex and executive function are not fully developed until you're 25. Into the, well, no, when we talk about it developing into the 20s, I think it does sometimes help to think about adolescence, if anyone is parenting adolescents also, recall themselves as an adolescent, or even into their early 20s, thinking through like, why did I do that? <laughs> you know, what was I thinking? It's a reminder, it's, we, were, we are still up until that point putting together um, this, these processes around inhibition control, around attention, uh, around decision making. Right. It's a process. Now we'll hear from Katrina Makasait, the other presenter from zero to three. She explains another important process in development. So in the zero to five age, children are beginning to make those neural connections and they're beginning to um, be, have more complex processing. And an example of that is um, 
the beginning of imitation and children acknowledging that their thoughts are different from other people's thoughts and that their desires and wants are, are, are different from other people as well. So um, neuroscientist Alison Gopnik did a study with 15-month-old children and she had laid out two sets of snacks, so broccoli and goldfish. And the 15-month-old children loved the goldfish, they were eating it. And then a researcher came in and um, began to eat the broccoli and expressed um, her, her like of the broccoli. She said something like, mmm, delicious. And then she tried the goldfish cracker and said, yuck. And then she extended her hand and asked the child, can I have some? And the child immediately gave her a piece of bro or a piece of goldfish because that's what the child wanted. And the 15-month-old was thinking, this is what I want. This is the same thing that a uh, this person would want. And at 18 months, the experiment is repeated with an 18-month-old and there was immediately a shift that the child recognized that this person actually prefers the broccoli, therefore gives the broccoli to the adult or to the researcher. So just in that three-month span, these connections in the brain are happening and it's helping children acknowledge that their thoughts are different from others. The study Katrina referenced is one small example of the many things babies are learning in these early years. When we think about child development, we often think about them learning how to walk or how to talk or how to read. But here is a clear example of a complicated cognitive task. Can I understand that we like different things? This is happening somewhere between 15 to 18 months old. What may seem like something we take for granted actually has to be processed and learned through repeated interactions and relationships. And here's something else to consider. Harvard was... Um doing a study on measuring how much neural connections are happening in the brain for children, for young children, for infants, and they found out that in a second, one million new, new neural connections are happening. So their brains are just firing away, taking in information from the environment, from the interactions that they have with adults and other children as well. You did get that. One million connections per second. Per second in the first year of life. So this brings us back to Christy. How can we take what we know about brain development and apply it with the children in our lives? I do think it really helps to think of simple examples. Parents can do this, teachers can do this. A simple, typical classroom activity or a typical home activity and really think through those four aspects of executive functioning and realizing the opportunities to promote that in, in, in very simple ways and recognizing that how brain development works in young children is uh, this repetitive process until the neural pathways become smooth and flow quickly. What we as adults do for our children is give them opportunities to explore, to play, and to build relationships with us. Through these experiences and through lots and lots of repetition, children will learn. Their brains are primed for it. And we as teachers, we know this, and we want parents to know it too. I teach um, parenting classes at the First Five Center in Bay Point. So um, it's just an opportunity for me to kind of 
to have a better understanding so that I could reassure parents because, you know, parents might have a certain expectation for their child, which can cause frustration for themselves while they're parenting and for the child. So um, I'd like to be able to take the information I've learned today to reassure them that, you know, they're developing. Every child develops differently and also just to, for them to have that knowledge to ease any anxiety or worry about their development. The whole thing just validated what we are doing on a daily basis and we can share the idea with the parents now that new, new school year is starting and I think um, it empowers the parents as well, the information that I got today. The conference left everyone buzzing with new ideas and ways to help families see the immense amount of growth happening in these early years. Deepening our understanding of brain development strengthens our teaching and our interactions with children. We, after all, have one of the most important jobs in the world. Thank you for listening to a very special episode of Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know if there are other topics you would be interested in.